What do chips and chocolate have to do with motivation? Your answer coming up next. Welcome to Happily Ever Active, where we crack the consistency code with fitness tips on motivation, mindset, and much, much more. Now, here's your host, author of Feel Like It, and the guy with the silent O, Kelly Dell. Hey again, everyone. My name is Kelly. Happy to have you this week for one of my favorite topics. And in the meantime, I hope that your week has been filled with motivating moments. And that's really the name of the game, to be able to create motivating moments as often as possible. That's how attraction starts. And that's how sustainable fitness takes root, by doing things you like in likable ways so you look forward to exercising rather than dread it. And if you're already there, if you're already in a strongly self-motivated relationship and rarely need willpower to get yourself to the gym or get yourself out for that run or whatever it is, fantastic. I will say this is a wonderful achievement and one that by and large is still very rare. I mean, at the population level, we're still pretty poor at living actively. So if you're there, great. And who knows, maybe down the road, your motivation craters or you get off track or you hit some sort of setback and some of the content from this show or even from my book helps you bounce back. That would be terrific. So even if you're regularly active, I hope that the show has something for you too. But part of this whole game, this consistency game, the sustainability game is about focus. What can we focus on more specifically to strengthen the bond that we have with exercise, as I mentioned? And well, believe it or not, goals, setting goals can actually be a distraction to that bond. And if you're relatively new to exercise or you've simply had a frustrating history with fitness, it's very possible that setting a new goal won't be the solution that you need. And last weekend, I co-launched a new speaker series here in Ottawa called F-Talks. And as a panelist, I made this point. Goals can actually be a distraction, a distraction from what really matters to creating a motivational foundation that sustains you going forward. And it never ceases to amaze me how You know, people push back on that. Coming from a sport exercise and health psych background to question goal setting is almost sacrilegious. You just don't do it. And so I get resistance. And you know what? I'm not anti-goal. Guess what? I have goals. But if you're struggling to get yourself to the starting line to just show up every day, there's probably something missing. And I always say if goals were the solution to our you know, our population level physical activity issues, then how in the frickin' world are we not super fit and motivated people by now? Because everyone sets goals. This is, you know, part of the furniture of today's fitness culture. When the research screams loudly that intrinsic motivation, especially enjoyment, powers adherence over the long term, we have to look way more strongly at that. But we also have to make that element of motivation way more practical. And of course, yes, a goal that sets a meaningful um, yet realistic challenge is motivating. But can that type of goal keep you motivated if the activity that you attach it to or the activities that you attach it to offer zero emotional return on investment, if the activities don't really feel like they fit you? And that's sort of a rhetorical question because it's absurd to think that goals on their own are enough. The goals we set need to align with a process that we're attracted to. And that attraction, 
It's always strongest when the moments we experience and create feel a certain way, that the process feels a certain way. It's all about the feel of it. And I mean, there's research, and I'll be doing a deep dive into this in the new year. There's research that clearly shows how willpower isn't really needed if you enjoy the activities you like. So you can take away the grind, that feeling of grinding, that painstaking grind of trying to get yourself to the gym or where, whatever it is. You can, you can eliminate that if you find activities you enjoy and do them in enjoyable ways. And it's such a simple proposition, but our motivation stems from enjoyment, first and foremost. Now, you can turn enjoyment into a goal. That's possible. You can actually make it into something measurable. It's not normal, but we can do it. And I, in fact, I do that with people, and it's part of something that I talk about in uh, my book to a certain degree. The most popular goals, though, are outcome goals, right? Those things that we measure that are off in the distance. We set outcome goals more than we set process goals. But even when we set process goals, like, for example, to, uh, to reach an outcome goal of certain amount of uh, miles run or kilometers run in a year, we have to look at how many times we want to get out every week to run and how many kilometers or miles we want to run on average every week. But those process goals still do little to capture you know, what I often call the ideal feel that is so important to your motivation, to my motivation, to everyone's motivation. And that ideal feel or what makes exercise you know, an, ex- an attractive experience varies from person to person. But what's also cool about this, and this is what I teach when I talk about sustainability skills, is the feel of exercise can be both engineered and manipulated. There's skills involved, and they're just not part of the conversation these days. The conversation is still very much dominated by goal setting and willpower. Let's put it bluntly. You know, discipline is another facet, but that's really related to willpower in a lot of ways. And dare I say, there are hundreds of podcasts out there, books out there, that celebrate these concepts. This podcast is not one of them. I take a critical position on it and I give you my reasoning, my evidence-based reasoning on why I take a critical position on it. If that game only works for a small percentage of people, that whole willpower way, which is the case, it's time to question the game rather than you, the player, rather than doubting yourself for being able to maintain such a a process, a painstaking process. And there's a great line from uh, the 80s movie called War Games that I just love that really fits here. Maybe the only winning move is not to play the game. So maybe the winning move for your fitness journey is, in fact, to question convention, to question the question. That question being, what's my goal? Maybe it's not the right time to ask that question. Instead, let's focus on a different game, if you will. One that's powered by the feel of things. And that's what Happily Ever Active is about. And that's the entire premise of my book, really, especially the chapter called Popping the Question. Now, this, all of this rolls perfectly into the meat of the episode. And I guess that rant was just an appetizer or an hors d'oeuvre or whatever you want to call it. And this is really one of my favorite topics because it's what got me hooked on the mental side of fitness, of mental side of exercise. And when you look into this, it's really quite a departure from from goals and goal setting. So just to preface this, have you ever heard about this concept called the bliss point? And it comes from the food industry, the processed food industry specifically. And it's a fascinating, if not um, a little sinister concept in some ways. So the bliss point 
refers to the amount of an ingredient in a product that makes it optimally delicious. So what's the perfect amount of sugar that makes, you know, Oreo cookies so perfect to the the consumer? What about the fat content or the salt? And you can go through any any product, really food product, and ask yourself that question. So food scientists can formulate and test what those amounts are, and that helps them create the most desirable if not addictive product, right? And on top of that, on top of the bliss point, scientists also apply another concept called mouthfeel to the process. And this is, you know, the answer is in the question, what is mouthfeel? It's the feel of the food as it breaks down in your mouth. And that matters to how attracted we are to that product. You know, take a piece of chocolate that doesn't melt properly, but it crumbles. I don't know if you've ever had that before, but it's, it's, it becomes less attractive to us. It's repulsive almost to a certain degree. Um, a tortilla chip that shreds our tongue because it's sharp as we chew it, that has a similar effect, right? So scientists will combine these concepts and the bliss point and the mouthfeel will be used as, uh, as, I guess, strategies to create products we don't just enjoy, but we really crave. We can't really just have one of this thing one square of chocolate or one chip that we have to eat the whole bag or the whole bar. An exercise sort of operates on the same principles. Basically, activities have qualities that, you know, create these attractive resonances. Not unlike that perfect piece of melty chocolate or the perfect crunch to a chip. And there are cool moments we can fall in love with all over the place when it comes to fitness. And these are the things that when you add them up, They create that positive bond. We don't talk about them a lot. They're not really discussed a lot in, you know, today's popular fitness discourse. But I've collected tons of these moments over the years. This is what happens when you you collect a lot of fitness histories. You start hearing about these moments. And of course, I start asking about them. It's actually one of my favorite parts of listening to the fitness histories of the loyally active people that I talk to. And for you, if you're you know, still working your way into this positive relationship with exercise, a a motivating relationship with exercise, then this is the type of focus that can really help. It can first help you appreciate the cool moments of the process, but even help you create them. And imagine if we made more decisions based on the feel of things than on the goals that we have. What would that do to your motivation from week to week? If we could create, you know, workouts, runs, rides, classes, whatever it is that feel more ideal to you. And I know one thing is for sure, any dread you might have, you know, towards exercising or going to that thing and showing up can easily be eliminated or at least heavily reduced, right? And I've got a list here of 17, you know, what I'll call blissful moments that people love about active living, about fitness, about physical activity. And there are tons more, of course. I just plucked a bunch. And I, in fact, I, I reached out to Instagram to get a few from you guys, and some of those have been slipped into this list. The last on this list is one of mine, and it's one of the most memorable experiences I've had in my fitness journey to date. So here are 17 sensations. You don't want to call them bliss points, however you want to call them, but 17 sensations that, are share, that have been shared by people who love exercising. Number one, the perfect stretch. Number two, the lifting of brain fog during some sort of cardio. That clear-mindedness you get 
after a heart-pumping bout of exercise. Number three, walking into a warm lodge after a cold ski. I don't expect people in, I don't know, Australia or South Africa, my listeners there would relate to that one. But in Canada, that is blissful indeed. Number four, the sweet spot of hitting a tennis ball. And I will add, I'll generalize, of any type of ball sport, squash, golf, even kicking a soccer ball. There's a sweet spot. And when you get that, oh, it's awesome. Number five, hitting the perfect cadence on the bike. Number six, I thought this was an interesting one. Spotting someone else's PB lift in the gym, like a, like a bench press or a squat, being involved in that kind of moment. Number seven, the post-lift muscle pump. We've all experienced that. If you've ever lifted in the gym, you know what that feels like. It's a pretty cool feeling. Another gym one, number eight, the exhale on a really tough lift. And that one came from Instagram. That's a great one too. Number nine, another one from Instagram. I like this one and I can relate to this as a mountain biker. A shower beer after a hot, dusty mountain bike ride. Number 10, getting that perfect song in a spin class. And number 11, I think this one's really about returning to homeostasis after working out, after working hard. How your lungs feel after a cold run is over. Number 12, something social. Again, terrific trail talk. Number 13, feeling at one with nature on a hike. So 12 and 13 kind of joined together. And number 14, for the swimmers out there, when a cold pool starts to feel warm, you've acclimatized to it. And number 15, for the dog lovers out there, when my dog looks up at me happy that we're finally running at a pace that he likes. And I also could relate to that because that's a pretty cool experience having two dogs flanking me and we're cruising through the woods. It's a pretty neat feeling. Number 16, for the yogis out there, the final Shavasana pose at the end of yoga class. I think we could all relate, anyone who's done yoga. And mine is number 17. It's also a yoga one. This goes back quite a few years, but it's walking outside in winter after a hot yoga session. And I can remember the exact street, the exact yoga studio, my very first hot yoga class, and I walked out onto the street and I felt like a breath mint. It was minus 20. It was kind of breezy. I can still feel it today. And I'll bet you can relate to a couple of these on this list. And there's definitely countless more. You know, this is just a synopsis. This is just a summary. But the question I'll lay at your feet today is, what will go on your list? What moments do you really find that are cool or really attractive to the whole exercise experience? Because if we keep on thinking about where we want exercise to take us, what goal we want to achieve, and we kind of over fixate on that, it's easy to overlook these amazing sensations along the way. I think these are the things that make life a little bit cooler, that bring a little extra spark into our day-to-day lives, right? And the next time you're feeling demotivated or have lost momentum, take a few minutes, think about these things. And better yet, do this before you go to bed the night before you've planned to exercise. You'll be surprised about how much easier it is to show up the next day, especially if you've been struggling lately. You know, you'll be surprised at how much more you'll feel like going when the time comes. And if there's anything at all that I want for you guys, it's that. All right, that does it for this episode. I hope your week ahead is filled with motivating movements as usual. And of course, until next time, here's to living happily ever active. This episode of Happily Ever Active has ended, but be sure to subscribe for more content on the mental side of fitness. Oh, and don't forget to rate and review the show. See you next time.